ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fundamentalists Podcast. My name is Elliot Morgan, and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Peter Rollins. Pete, how you doing? I'm doing great. We're diving right back in. Yes. I went full uh, full robotic uh, host just there. Man, so you, can, you can just turn it on. Like, I, I've seen you kind of look wrecked like you couldn't talk you like you couldn't even stand up and as soon as you put the mic in front of you you're just like hey it's elliot morgan how's it going i think it's because i've been so full of shit for so long yeah uh, growing up and like making so much stuff up and being just a just complete bser that it uh it behooves me i got dude i have a um a uh a meeting and I'm so excited about it for, I'm going to tell you when we're off mic because I don't want to jinx it and I, I don't know, I don't want to say anything, but it's for a new show that I would be hosting, the host of, and it is like my dream scenario. And when you hear what the concept of the show is, you're going to laugh a catfish lot. Catfish 2. I can't too. wait to, Catfish 2, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's even better than Catfish, yeah. <laughs> um, this one is, uh, is, is, is yeah, uh, mm. it's uh, like a, a perfect evolution. But anyway, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, welcome back everybody to this podcast. This is a podcast where we mix comedy and philosophy and life stuff. And um, the last episode we did had Steve Zaragoza on it. I would that was say- just that was just like last week, wasn't just it? Just last week. Just yeah. last week. <laughs> if you look at the order of the podcasts, it's the most recent one. Yeah. Um, and this is what we're calling the beginning of the second season. So yeah. we're calling the the one with Steve the uh, the season finale uh, because you went to Belfast for about 75 years. Yeah. And then I went off and gallivanted and spent time with a wonderful person. Uh, and we had wonder. And then I did a secret project that I yes. can't talk you about. You can't talk about yet. So we kind of Ooh. both have been in fever dreams a little bit. And now we're back and it's like a weird sort of... Um, it was a great idea of yours, by the way, to pretend that it was like one season and this right. is second so season. Retract, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, we're good. doing that at uh, we're doing it at Valley Folk too for the for your show. We we're like, oh, we have to stop. Okay, I guess we're I guess this is a season. We did thirty three episodes. <laughs> is that normal for it to be a season? Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, it's all all very fun, very exciting. But there, I think there's a little bit of pressure on this episode to uh, come out of the gate swinging. And I'm just yeah. going to say right now out loud that this is We us will disappoint you. <laughs> Disappointing, But yeah. you, if you've listened to the show on a regular basis, you will know that, <laughs> you, that we're it, good at that. It'll be that sweet, sweet, familiar feeling of disappointment that yeah. we've, uh, we've branded ourselves with. But anyway, um, if you are a new listener by chance, uh, yeah, I do a thing called The Valley Folk on the internet, and I do YouTube stuff, and Pete is a writer and a speaker and a theologian and a philosopher and or depending on the day (laughs) and um yeah we we talk about all sorts of stuff on here and we're gonna keep growing this thing and we're excited to get back into the the swing of things i think how was your uh covered it well yeah how was your trip it was fantastic how you been so i was running my festival wake festival uh had some of my favorite speakers there we had so jealous oh yeah we had such a good time we had amazing people there was about 80 of us uh, and uh, I love being in Belfast, so yeah. I've had six weeks of fun. That's great, man. Yeah. It looks beautiful. I you just had Todd McGowan there. Todd McGowan and Jameson Webster. Jameson Webster, both yeah. fantastic. And such warm and loving, open people. Yeah. Because in the academic world, sometimes people can be a bit cold what? and can be a bit elitist. No. Yeah. yeah. Academia? <laughs> who would have right. thought? Who, yeah. who would have guessed? Yeah. But these um, guys were just like fantastic i was i was bummed i wasn't there i was supposed to be there originally yeah. and then a conflict came up and um it was a risky conflict but we went for it and um that's all i can say and we filmed i, I think they said we can i said we they said we can say we filmed a sh- we're going to be on a show they said yes. we can say ah, that. So okay the valley that's, folk, that's the most that i think has been leaked so far but um it worked out and it was very dumb and silly and and ridiculous and uh <clears throat> 
we kept checking in back and forth with one another and we kept being like we're gonna do an episode and then neither and that never, that just never happened it just didn't sound fun it no. didn't seem like getting Setting skype up a and, skype and all of that and like, hey goodness. pete yeah. both yeah it just yeah. felt i don't know it's not my favorite thing in the world and we're not that professional yeah. so anyway diving into actually making this an episode we're talking about uh in true fundamentalist fashion sacrifice oh yeah exactly because we were inspired by Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Which is interesting because in Belfast, where loads of it shot. Yes. Loads of it shot in Belfast. Uh, it's crazy. Game of Thrones mania. They did a big uh, premiere there when I was home. And um, a lot of most of the actors were there. And uh, cool. You can go, there's loads of tours now of the Game of Thrones oh, castles. I would have, I, I know, what, uh, yeah. I would have gone to Winterfell because yeah. you told me that's nearby. And I would have looked at that. And uh, I would have been like it. That's not really my thing. Like, I'm not really into, yeah. like, on-location spots. But every now and then, it's pretty cool. And like, it is nice. I mean, it's like when I watch Game of Thrones, I'm like, oh, this does feel like Ireland. Yeah. It feels like Northern Ireland. So. Yeah, I would just love, I would love the fields that they show in Game of Thrones. Like, the big landscapes and mm. all the most, like, the beautiful. I don't know how much of that is Belfast, but. Yeah, or kind of, uh, you don't have to drive too far to hit some, some of those places. Cool, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, did cool. you know Winterfell was being sold for something like, was it? Six hundred thousand pounds, I think, was what the price was for the like, just like a million dollars, castle. right? Isn't yeah, about a million dollars, which would just kind of get you into the housing market in LA. Uh, but you could have your own castle. Yeah, I'd rather have a place in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really yeah, castle. yeah. It would be, but a it would be dampened. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool for about if I had three million dollars I, I love i love how <laughs> how that's not a big deal it's like no i'd rather have a small apartment i'd rather have a tiny Angeles. tiny tiny place here you <laughs> yeah. know with no yard yeah and, uh, yeah trash outside where there's stuff to do yep yeah. um but anyway so we're talking about sacrifice you, you talk to talk to talk to talk to talk to talk talk to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> robot broke down you have a yeah. prepared uh you you've been thinking on this well I, I was thinking of something that todd mcgowan brought up uh, at the Wake Festival, he did a talk uh, called Capitalism, Identity, Politics. Uh, just, oh boy. Yeah, which is interesting, yeah. Um, and in it, he was talking about sacrifice. And if you boil it down, he was talking about three different types of sacrifice. Uh, the first and the second are the ones that we all know about. The third is the one that's a little bit different. The first type of sacrifice is when you knowingly give yourself to somebody or something. You say you're the person that I love or this is the cause that I will die for and you willingly sacrifice yourself for it. Yeah. Which I'm guessing there's lots of that in Game of Thrones. Yes, lots of soldiers, lots of Johns. That's the Jon Snow. Well, it's a Jon Snow. And then, so that woman... It's so many of them. Yeah, so many of them. But the woman, the blonde woman, Daenerys. Daenerys, Daenerys, yeah. She's the only one whose name I know. Targaryen, yeah. Targaryen. Yeah, she's the daughter of the Mad King. Listen, I hope Steve doesn't listen to this, because if he hears how bad both of us are in pop culture, he'll be turning in his grave when he's alive. Here's the thing. Uh, People, it's... Here's my theory on why it's okay with Game of Thrones. I don't think Game of Thrones knows what they're doing. Mm. So I'm okay yeah. not knowing yeah. the 75 characters that are on that show, yeah. um, because everyone knows that it's if you know if you know all the characters, cool. But I'm I'm giving. Us I a suspect pass. sometimes they just change the names up and <laughs> yeah, just just nobody notices it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he called? Yeah. yeah, but but she she has lots of people around her. Like there's that older guy. Uh, he gave, gives himself to her as Jorah. a sacrifice yeah. Yeah, and all of that. Which I just learned his name last week. Oh, what's his name? Oh, and by the way, we should mention this is going to have spoilers if you're haven't if you not up to date. Yeah, I just realized, but I meant in general, but that does sound like a, a 
that's sounds like it could be a spoiler. Well, hey, we said it, you know. <laughs> no, um, we said it after the fact. But I, all I meant is that he has kind of given himself. Oh, a everyone else is going to do that though. Is he, that right? They, yeah. Like he was that guy was wanting so bad to die for her. I know, but we can't say that. Well, we just did. Shit, I, I'm not. I genuinely didn't mean that. I just that was to, like episodes ago, though. Was it? Yeah, we're okay. fine. We're fine. Right. Um, but then, and then your man, the, you mentioned that's a Northern Irish saying. By the way, your man, I always confuse mm-hmm. Americans. I know it um, makes me think I know the guy every time. Yeah, yeah. So, but some because sometimes you'll go, your man, and then you'll say someone who I don't like at all. Yeah, you'll be like, you know, uh, and you'd be like, he's not my man. Yeah, uh, yeah. You'll be like, your man. Um, what's the guy? What's the Infowars guy? Well, Alex Jones. Oh, we heard about your man, Alex Jones, and it's, all of a sudden I'm like, how is he my man? I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about. Although in, in that example, you do actually quite like him. Uh, we we are aligned politically. <laughs> yeah. Politically, the yeah. We, you know, yeah. and you believe in the aliens. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the guy, the guy, John Snow. I remember his name yes. as well. Like he's kind of like uh, you know really willingly given himself over to her cause. Yeah, he's the like sacrificial lamb. He's yeah. the yeah. He's you're my queen. You're whatever. Yeah, yeah. I so, will forsake the yes. Yeah, and that seems like you know that's the most obvious type of sacrifice you got. You give yourself to something, and it's an act of freedom. I think is and you know when you find something that you're actually willing to sacrifice yourself for, it feels like you're ripped out of. Your everydayness, yeah, you're ripped out of everyday. You life. feel more alive, yeah. Ironically, yeah. it's like so, when um, in the scene where um, at the very end, and they they talked about this. We talked about this a little bit, but it was the battle of whatever the big battles episode. The that battle just happened. of the bastards. No, oh, episode no, the one three recently? that just happened. Ah, yeah. right. Oh, the did they call it the great battle or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But um, there's two moments in it. One in which Jon Snow is basically at his wit's end, and he like gets up and like just screams at the the night guy the dragon the night dragon the dark dragon the white dragon whatever you want to call him yeah. and um and they everyone was like why is he doing why is he just like screaming at this thing and then there's another moment that happens with theon and theon's last moments are also are this sort of like i'm about to die yeah. so i'm gonna scream as loud as i possibly can and that's what i thought about when you thought about the sacrifice thing and how it makes you feel alive just that moment of like all right whatever <laughs> yeah and you know what this is that you know here this seems like it's almost planned because that battle right the battle the, if it's called the great battle against the white walkers that's a type of willing sacrifice all of the main characters who fought on that they came together and they said we need to stand up for this we're going to give ourselves wholly to it mm-hmm. and that's an example of a willing type of sacrifice and they put aside their own differences yeah. it's very very cool and they're acting in their own self-interest in a way they're going like none of us are going to survive if we don't work together yeah. and fight against the white walkers totally um so yeah so that is that oh um and the freedom thing is there's a there's a notion that some philosophers talk about that freedom is when kind of the name you give to when all of your will is focused on something so it's not like freedom as in you just randomly do something that can't be predicted it's when all of you knowingly kind of gives yourself over to something that brief moment when every part of your being is aligned your inner world is focused that's what freedom is some people that's say, nice. find, yeah freedom is that because instead of being at war with yourself or being just you know uh flowing with the tide it's when you choose your fate choose your destiny. oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. when I you like say that. yes to some sort of reality i've been thinking about that i've been thinking about that and reflecting on uh my own <clears throat> trying to be more nostalgic because i don't get nostalgic very much and i get very like like future like I'm all, my head's always kind of in the what's next deal yeah. so as a mental exercise I've just been like 
going back and be like, did I miss anything here? I kind of just like blew past a lot of these years and uh, didn't really like mine them for anything, let alone like comedy or anything like that. So I was like, I should think about these things. And uh, yeah, and that's that's what I've uh, I've found that uh, we are trying to be more kind of yeah in the in the past and then yeah and then realizing that like oh the big difference is like now I just feel like this like the life that I have is primarily chosen like I like I it's yeah. basically like this is what i'm choosing like you're everything i look the around world. yeah heidegger yeah. talks about you're thrown into the world you didn't choose your language you didn't choose the books that you were yeah exactly and i remember when i was going through my shit and like everything was bad and dark or whatever i remember feeling that feeling of lack of freedom was a result of feeling like i hadn't chosen the thing and that i was just going along with everything and sort of yeah. on a roller coaster but anyway that's just well, sort of yeah no, and this is this is called uh what's what's it called philosophy but it's basically a freedom that is not uh the opposite of determinism. So a good example is if you're locked in a room and you want out, you could say you're not free. So you're you're locked in a room, you can't get out. That's a definition of you have a lack of freedom. If you're locked in the room and you want to get out and you find a key and you leave the room, you could say you're free because you want to leave the room and you're able to leave the room. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, bo- both of them, there's a whole pile of factors that put you in the room that, yeah, that yeah. kind of put you in that environment which you can't control. So freedom is, is weirdly when your will is aligned with your reality. Like circumstances. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, so it, it, and Nietzsche talks about it as choosing your destiny. Yeah. Choose your, your... Which, if you're going to, if we're going to dive right back into Game of Thrones, I'm trying, I don't want to like make this holy game of thrones yeah. you know related but we're trying two, we're trying to entertain the kids we're, we're trying, trying to get we'll the look, kids in you come know. on and get come guys on, come on come on we're trying we'll talk about <laughs> deeper stuff later uh daenerys and uh john snow are opposite ends of the the will versus circumstances john snow is like his circumstances are such right now that he does have a right to the throne whereas he doesn't have the will to do it whereas daenerys has the will but technically doesn't have the right over him and both of them are figuring out who's gonna yeah how do you cope with that which is fun they are the perfect example of of what we're talking about here and we can get back into that because they they both are kind of at war with with themselves mm-hmm. um in some sort of way yeah. and see john snow is more kind of like giving himself over to so kind of like what his own desires are he fancies her mm-hmm. and he wants to fight alongside her and she's more giving herself over to something else did you see the starbucks cup I know, and of course I didn't. Yeah, exa- exactly. Listen, like a gorilla exactly. could have walked across <laughs> this, <laughs> the, the, the scene and I wouldn't have seen yep. it. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. That's yeah. what Steve tweeted something yesterday where it was like, y'all nerds looking at coffee cups on the table. is like, I can't even pay. Like, there's an important scene going on. How yeah. can in the world are you paying attention to what's on the table? And pe- but, some people lost their shit. It was hilarious going like, oh, it's such a big production and they make a mistake like that. But I'm like, no, there's no, 10,000 mistakes happen. Yeah, yeah. The fact that so few mistakes happen shows how much money's put into it yeah you know yeah think about like how many uh, mistakes happen with like the irs and the government yeah like, well, of course you would expect them to have their shit together more so than a television show and yet the television show is like spot on 99 yeah. percent of the time <laughs> game of thrones is better than the government um, have you, by the way have you ever seen that thing on youtube where you have some basketball players yes that's i know that's yeah. where that came from yeah the basketball players and then the gorilla walks past and yeah it says, it's you. fascinating it's um, it's one of my favorite. It's that, and uh, the other favorite thing I love is, um, that I've seen on the internet is the the text where it shows just the first letter and the last letter of the word, and it scrambles the middle letters, and it and you can read it perfectly because the brain just uh, arranges everything. Oh, it's yeah. very cool. I saw one just another aside <laughs> that 
this guy did a uh, car trick. Mm -hmm. um, and so you watch the car trick and it's a pretty impressive car trick. You know, like, oh, that's pretty good. But then they show the behind the scenes. And what they do is it's very clever. Like the camera will move into the cards and will move out to show the, the wider frame mm -hmm. and at different moments. And every time something happens like that, so it's say, for example, the camera goes into the cards, some people run in and quickly change the clothes that he's wearing, the shirt, put a oh, wig on, wow, and put wow, glasses wow. on, whatever. And constantly everything is changing, but you don't notice do it. The, do the people notice it that are not him? Uh, yeah, so it basically you, the viewer, did, will tend not to see it because you're just so focused uh -huh. on the trick. But then, you know, so... Yeah, but like when anything. he was, is he doing a trick for other people? Oh, no, no, oh, it's purely for the camera, yeah. yeah. So it's a, one of these crazy yes. big setups that are requiring 30 people to fix it. Yeah. Um, but it's like amazing how little we see. Yeah, that's, um, it's one of my favorite yeah. uh, things. It's just like, I love Especially watching how like, magicians p place things on people. If you watch them really closely, it's like people, they'll be able to place things under your watch and yeah. you don't even notice. That's yeah. very fun. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. Well, it's just my favorite thing is, get, is getting older and realizing I'm not paying attention to anything. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so that's the fourth kind of freedom yeah. is not, not being on Twitter. Yes, just an, an idiot who doesn't notice anything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. ignorance is, the, is, is freedom. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back oh, yeah. to sacrifice. Uh, so we're talking about the two kinds of sacrifice. Yes. So the, the second we haven't done yet. Oh, so the first, yeah. yeah, first is you willingly sacrifice. Yes. Second is you unwillingly have to sacrifice. Martyrdom. Yes. Well, or all the soldiers that fight who, are, who oh, have to, you know, if you don't fight for your side, you'll just get killed. Yeah. So there's, there are lots of examples where you have to sacrifice when you do want to. Even a kid who has to go and visit their you know, granny. And martyrdom is just, would be the t first type of sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're yeah, choosing can, to do you're it. You're choosing to do it. This is where it's just, your. it's kind of one is you choose out of self-interest. The second is you choose to sacrifice unwillingly out of self-interest, i.e. you'll get killed if you don't. Yeah. Um, and in history, there's so much of that. Obviously you have to, or even like in school, you have to, you have to yeah, unwillingly well, go to school. That is the, uh, <laughs> Man, it does sound like I know way more about Game of Thrones than I do, and it definitely sounds like I care more than I do, because uh, I'm gonna. The show's gonna end in two weeks, and I'm gonna be yeah. like, all right, whatever. Um, but anyway, it's a great show. Love it to death. Um, the the plot point right now that they're dealing with is the uh, whether or not Daenerys is going to just blow through these innocent people in order yes. to take the the throne. Which I'm like, no one cares. Like it's yeah. one of those things where it's like. She could do that or not do it. People just want to see a spectacle. But it's funny that it's like what they used to do with before the the big battle with the White Walkers is White Walkers would have represented this ominous, faceless evil that uh, pushed the plot forward. And now I think that they they just replaced the ominous bad guys with these ominous body of good people. That's going to be this like you know yeah. linchpin or something in the plot. But at the but end that's of the day, the, and that's the perfect example. It's <clears> like <throat> those people who they they have to do that now. At the moment, you know they're being manipulated. Yeah. But the idea is, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do what the queen says. Yeah. Uh, because if you don't, you're gonna be killed. Right. So yeah. And well, and and Daenerys, if she wants that, through, she's like gonna be like, well, my job is to I can save the world from tyranny. What's the cost of you know two thousand innocent people when I'm gonna be saving tens of thousands later as yeah. such a, a wonderful queen? Mm -hmm. um, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, although definitely more the first thing is that all those people just having to. Kind of like well, all the soldiers having to fight. Like my my friend I see, was I a, see, I see, I see. It's a soldier thing. It's not the so okay. So the second type of sacrifice is embodied in the the soldiers, not the king the ordering citizens. them. To yes, it. exactly. Okay, yeah. I got you. And my my friend is a, was a fought for 
who was the really nasty guy? I think it was called the Battle of the Bastards, and he lost, and he was... You know it's not real, right? You know Game of Thrones is not real, yeah. (laughs) Did he lie to you? (laughs) Uh, He was lying. He didn't really do that. Um, But he, he fought for, what, the... It was the really nasty ones. Like, their their logo is a man stripped of his skin. Have you seen it? Um, uh, is it, like, the Grey Worm guys, the uh, the, the the stone? Might have been like? those guys. Those guys are pretty terrible. I mean, they were t- whoever it was, it was the baddies. Like, it wasn't. I'm, pr- it, I'm sure it wasn't the Dothrakis, because that was... No, early. it wasn't the Dothrakis. Um, it was... Uh, wow, Elliot. Pure yeah. nerd coming out. But it was now. the guy who... It was, I don't know which, which one's Grey Worm. Is he yeah, the one Grey who got castrated? No, that's Theon, but Grey Worm is in that, that God, group. you're good. Look yeah, at you. Yeah, I know. It's, I'm terrifying <laughs> myself right is now. Is the guy who castrated <laughs> him, he, what was Yes. Uh, he, well, he went and originally, I think that was a Stark. I think oh, Theon right. was a, is a Stark. And then, um, and then goes to the Iron Islands. That's what the name is. I think you're thinking of the Iron Islands. I don't know. Oh, if I could no, no, no. I don't. Oh, mate. Well, no, well, whatever it is, their their logo, because my, my mate got a jacket for fighting for them. And it's like this guy who's kind of all sprawled out and his skin is ripped off his yeah. flesh. That was on the flags. Wow, so cool. He, cause, cause, I don't know. I don't yeah. know who that is. Yeah. But, you know, the point being, cool. you'd have to fight for him or you'd be absolutely screwed. Yes, right? yes. You know, people are not willingly on his side. My friend was, because he was just an extra, got paid for it. He of was course. in that big battle. Uh, if you freeze at the right moment, you can see my friend uh, killing various people. Cool. Um, but Dude, yeah, that's so cool. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but, that would have um, been the first type of sacrifice because he wouldn't have really fought for them, right? Well, yeah, he, he did it willingly. Yes, he did it willingly for, yeah. for the cash. But uh, in, in the fiction world, most of those people are like, you're, and for even in, I say, our childhood, where it's full of sacrifices that are unwilling. Yeah. Um, but in history as well, I mean, most of the history of human existence well, has been unwilling sacrifice the, this brings me to yeah because it's not a sexy topic and i think we probably touched on it in episodes before but the part that i think is very interesting is i think inspired mostly or supported at least by todd mcgowan's book which we, we've referenced on here ad nauseum but he talks so much about sacrifice and specifically i think not to gloss over the second point if there's mm-hmm. more to, to discuss on that but the third mm-hmm. and the um it 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 made me realize that um, sacrifice is something that you think is this archaic thing that doesn't happen in today's society anymore, and that we have like we have advanced past sacrifice because we are, um, you know, we're we're more advanced or whatever uh, technologically. But then basically, it's like no, we sacrifice now more than ever. What we've done is just outsource the sacrifice to like another part of the world so that we don't have to look at the cost of the sacrifice, but we still pay for it with our money. We still pay for it with our labor and all that stuff. That's very true. And the, the other thing about what he's saying is that we also sacrifice ourselves, but now in a completely unknowing way. Yeah. So this is this was his big point actually in Belfast that he was making, um, is that the third type of sacrifice is where we, um, because actually what you're talking about there kind of also fits in one and two, which is, the people who make our iPhones, they're unwillingly sacrificing and they don't want to do oh, it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're kind of like, in a sense, benefiting from that. And we willingly sacrifice our money and we willingly sacrifice our time for the money that we use to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely, as I think about it, it's more the second one. Yeah, it's more okay. other people are sacrificing. But the third is the weird thing, and this is the bizarre one. This is the one that we're not aware of, is that 
there's a type of sacrifice in which you don't know you're doing it. You think you're you're working on your self-interest. You think you're just what Nietzsche would call acting in uh, the will to power. But actually, you're acting in a way that is really destructive to you. That is really, basically, I mean, to sacrifice is to give your libidinal energy to something. You do it willingly, you do it unwillingly, but this is where you do it unknowingly. And the good example of this is where... Uh, and I think you see this in Game of Thrones, is where you think you're acting in your self-interest for something, but you're weirdly enacting the desire of your ancestors or your family. You, what seems like pure self-interest is actually going against what you would do if you're a rational free being. You are colonized by other people's desires and you don't even know it. I mean, a big example, of course, is if you give yourself to making an infinite amount of money, you just keep trying to make more and more money and the one thing everybody says who does that is that uh, they're doing it freely oh, well at least i'm being selfish like every a lot of people lie this is the the idea is that you know if, if you're serving the poor you're probably lying to yourself you're doing it selfishly but you think you're doing it selflessly at least i'm just trying to make money so yeah. i'm acting selfishly but todd mcgowan's point is that actually you're not because if you were selfish, you would stop at some point. But the fact that you keep going and going and you start giving yourself a heart attack, stress, break your relationships, it's like... You start drinking, you start smoking yeah. cigarettes, you just start destroying yourself. Without realizing. And the weird thing is, it's behind your own back. This is called the cunning of reason, where you think you're acting freely, but you're actually the instrument of some other desire that's flowing through you. And the fight for King's Landing is a perfect example, is that... A lot of the characters who are fighting for that are go destroying themselves and their relationships. They're going like, it's, it's not even that they want to do it. It's like, it's almost like they're enacting the desire of their ancestors. Mm -hmm. They're enacting this weird uh, sense of duty that they have to fulfill. And that's what's going to be the problem between obviously Stark or no, Jon Snow John and Snow. Daenerys yeah. is both of them are fighting this is that their own, their own self-interested desire to maybe just, you know, settle down and enjoy the wealth and the power they have i contrast. saw this tweet that was like if game of thrones was set in real life Jon snow and daenerys would own a restaurant somewhere and uh uh, uh who was it who's the other person that's like uh yeah and then they're basically like and Cersei would be the only good ruler of that kingdom because she's actually knows what she's doing she's like actually has experience on the throne she's like stop with this bullshit like it should be Cersei. it's fine like i hope she gets it and i'm yeah. like oh that's very funny but i forget what the other analogies were about like real life but it's basically like yeah if it was real life they would just be like let's just go do like a let's just have a small business together oh like, yeah yeah can, that, that's it well that, we that's can work the kind out of our differences like, on that level yeah that's the healthy thing yeah where you go like hold on a second do we really want to do this like at the end of the day john snow's going to have to be killed probably by daenerys and it's going to and it's all going to be by her either directly or indirectly in some sort of way that's that would be if i was betting put money on that but you know, they don't want that. Neither of them want that. They do want to be fighting each other. They're, but weirdly, they're colonized by their ancestors' desires. They're robots. They're robots. That, and that's the definition of a type of unfreedom. But it's an unfreedom that we don't even realize we're unfree. It's very common out here in, uh, in the uh, city of angels and in the Hollywood industry because you find people who latch on to symbolic success in a way that is so self-destructive and so yeah. counter to what they would actually be happier doing, but they're doing it because 
they think that it's what their mom and dad like want them to see and it's like which is true sometimes like or like in Hollywood it's very difficult to explain a lot of careers it's very difficult to explain to your parents why you do it and what you get out of it but <clears throat> then you can latch on to like things like oh well I won't really be successful until I have a film or a TV show or I won't really be successful until I make a million dollars and it's like none of that's true like yeah, that's such yeah. a but then you get it in your head and, well, and that's it you get it in your head mm-hmm. that's the main thing like I, I noticed in America you guys have a thing called it's called Elf on the Shelf yeah yeah right? and it, it feels like an interesting uh, transitional object between external authority so your parents say you better be good and we're watching you but you know that when they're not watching you can do something bad then you have the elf on the shelf which uh i don't know how it functions generally but in the family i saw it's like the elf is watching you so even if your parents aren't watching the the elf can see if you're being good or not right and then the third step is (laughs) is camera in the corner yeah And that's the camera in the corner. And if the elf falls asleep, the camera's going to be watching you all the time. Well, that's a good point, actually, because the third point is a type of virtual camera, which is when where you feel a gaze on you all the time that you you the the gaze isn't is internal Mm -hmm. to you now. And we talked about this the other night because I was talking about someone who was suffering from a psychotic break and how they they feel that there's surveillance everywhere. Oh, yeah. And you have a friend who. Yeah, who, who experienced something similar, or somebody yeah. they knew, someone they knew, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just the idea is there's surveillance everywhere, which means that you feel like you're being looked at constantly. There's no escape from it. Yeah, um, and the weird, the really weird thing is we think that there's an example Shizek uses where he says, you know, you've got a traditional family and they've got a kid, and you say to the kid, you got to go see Granny, and the kid says, I don't want to see Granny. Well, a traditional family will go get in the car you're going to see granny whether you like it or not and then you have like an enlightened family uh, kind of a la family and uh, the kid says i don't want to see see granny and so the family sit the kid down little johnny and say little johnny you really do want to see granny we know that you're a good person and you want to do the right thing and you don't have to go see her but you you'd feel bad because you know it's the right thing to do and I would rather you did it because it's going to make me feel bad yeah. to tell you what to do. Yeah. And to get <laughs> but the thing about that is that's even worse because at least in the first example, the kid has a, an internal place of rebellion. They can go, oh, you know, when I'm older, I don't have to do this. But in the second... That's just the parent coming in and being like, I know your inner desires and I know that they're but, this yeah, way. And they're imprinting <laughs> them on you. So now you don't have anywhere to escape. You, you're, you're, you've been implicated in your own slavery. Who's to blame here as a grandma? Yeah. If she was more fun to hang out. <laughs> With, they wouldn't have been in this predicament. So in, in LA, there's a thing of like, you, you know, the tyranny of happiness. But the great thing is if you don't believe it, you go, you have a party, you pretend you're happy, but you can you can disappear off and be unhappy. But when that we're back, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but when that's in your head, there's nowhere to escape. You think yeah. you think you have to be happy. Uh, there's a great thing in the in the Old Testament where the God says, "You shall have no other gods before me." And a literal reading of that is, you shall have no other gods in front of me. In other words, you can have as many gods as you want, just be discreet. Yeah, right? Just yeah. do it behind, you know, behind your back. And Shizak talks about this. And he says that, that actually, like, a good parent's like that. You don't drink. But secretly, they're, they're glad that you're drinking maybe at your friend's house and it's fine. You're allowed to transgress. But when the authority is inside you, it, it, there's nowhere to transgress, there's nowhere to escape yeah. and show your freedom. You are enslaved by the other's desire that's within, with, that's inside your own psyche. And then you end up, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. And then symptoms are the explosion of the protest. That they're the only <laughs> thing that can speak of the, of the uh, tyranny that you're under. 
Well, welcome back. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we're doing this. It took it took all of no time at all to to get back to get yeah, we're at the half we're 30 minutes in and we are uh, officially back yeah, on back brand. Back on back on brand. Um, back on brand. That's very funny. Well, let me take a halfway moment here and plug yeah. some shit. Oh, yeah. Um Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be at the Tampa Improv on May 22nd, and I would love for you to be there. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be me, it's going to be Mike Falzone, and it's going to be my family, who are uh, uh, probably not avid listeners of the Fundamentalists, but um, as a result, it's going to be very interesting, because it's yeah. going to be Florida, it's not LA, it's not... Uh, Boston. It's a typically, it's a little bit more conservative. So I'm curious how some of the jokes are going to go. Not that I'm a polarizing, you know, yeah, guy, but um, I'm, I'll be curious to see what they think. And um, it'll be a fun show, and it's going to be a, a, a meet and greet afterwards. So come by and say hi. Uh, well, and what I'm going to be calling it by the way. <clears throat> I'm just performing stand-up comedy. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the extent of it. <laughs> that's a good call, title. Do you mean that's calling it like a, calling a show? Yeah. No, I haven't. Um, I'm kind of going to use a mix of old material and new material and like stuff from my very first special and uh, and and I think try to structure a, a good solid hour that's a little bit more, I don't know, just to, to dive a little into it. I feel like, and I've talked with this about, or talked about this with Grace, in regards to stand up, like something switched last year where it was just sort of like I felt very uh, done with it and very uninterested. Yeah. And I think what's happened is I'm desiring to not be this sort of just as when I was doing source fed back in the day, I kind of fell into this brand and um, and then stand up became a way for me to get out of that room, so to speak. And um, and now I felt like after last year doing it for a while, I just I didn't like the brand, the performance that I was doing as much yeah. and so I think there's just I, I want to return to a little bit more silliness and a little bit more freedom um, and so that's kind of I'm trying to structure the set in a way that like has all that and it has like well-structured jokes but also just allows me to be really dumb and do stupid stuff on stage because I want to flex that like weird silliness that I think I tend to hide um, behind I put the uh, sort of snarky witty stuff at the forefront yeah. which I like all that stuff and I like the intelligent humor and all that crap and I love the joke writing but I just want to be goofier than than I have been um, yeah. and I think I think it'll be better but um, yeah it's not it's not there yet but anyway May 22nd Tampa and then May 31st Seattle at the uh, Abbey Fremont and that's gonna be a show at 630 and tickets are selling quick we might add a second show so if you want to come grab tickets now so, so are you doing it seems like you're doing more tour stuff literally yeah, it so. was it was because of this show that we just did and i kind of was like i don't know what's going to happen after it and i kind of talked to my this is all inside baseball and i don't think anybody really cares too much but um yeah i talked to my agent and i was like i'd like to do just some shows before this thing kicks off um and just sort of get some shows under my belt. And it's also just, yeah. it's also a way sometimes for Grace and I to travel and, and do that kind of thing. And she can meet people and I can be like, Hey, this is nice. And, um, it, it gives something else for us to do rather than just be like staring at each other. So anyway, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's all very fun and good. And I'm hoping to do more and I'd like to, I'm, I just trying to do like a Vegas show, but Vegas is like impossible to set up a thing. And it's difficult cause it's like, they're not giving me weekend shows or, or weekend spots at, at these clubs. They're giving me like, like May 22nd is a Wednesday. That's hard yeah. to get people to come out for, yeah. um, and like have two drinks and have a good time. And then what'll happen is because it's a Wednesday. It's, it's hard to have a good time at your gigs. It's yeah. just period. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you're really fighting against it anyway. Yeah, so. I am. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are. Uh, I'm just trying to make people wake up, you know, to the consciousness of the, um, but yeah, it's then 
you know, it doesn't sell out. And the clubs are like, well, you know, he didn't, he didn't sell out. And I'm like, it's a Wednesday. Yeah. I can't, you know, on a, in, in Tampa. But anyway, um, <laughs> come to the show, please. So anywho. But I love, I love how you're trying to find <laughs> gigs in the places that you just want to go to. That's like exactly Vegas. what I'm like, doing. It's like, I mean, That's every exactly. textbook, Elliot, it's where would Elliot, anywhere in the world, he'd like to go to Vegas. 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 Yep. And Vegas. I went back, I was like looking at theaters. I was like, what about this one? What about this one? And, uh, and maybe something will happen and I can do like a show there. But I mean, doing a show in Vegas would be a dream come true because yeah. it's literally just like, I'm going to go and I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. yeah it's going to be so much fun. But um, <laughs> the Seattle show is, a, is a Friday night. So hopefully that is an easier draw. Anyway, back to sacrifice. Oh, well, to here, oh, do we still have Wink? Um, I will, well, let's throw it in there. If you would like <laughs> to support we... the podcast, you can go to trywink.com slash the fundamentalists. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C. And it's a wine club that will send you wine that has um, uh, uh, a quiz that will match the wine to your palate. And they look really cool. And you can give them as gifts. And they also look cool as decoration. Um, and it helps support us. And uh, as we move forward with this, which also we're going to be doing all sorts of stuff with this podcast. Yeah. This year, which is exciting. We'll it's talk exciting. about that. I know, but that's, yeah, I'm yeah. getting excited about that. Very good things. Yeah. Uh, so Welcome oh, back. Yeah. We can Welcome hit the back. ground running. Anyway, good intermission. Great. Well, okay, then jumping back into it, you could say that what we're talking about, and I know everybody's thinking this, like everybody said, when's Pete going to say this? This can be seen as a little bit of a critique of Nietzsche. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. But uh, the issue is, and Todd McGowan brought this up at the uh, festival is that Nietzsche has this idea of will to power and every teenager who reads Nietzsche they love this right it's what's really going on is we have a will to power uh, we Daenerys wants King's Landing we want whatever right we have this desire to to survive and to thrive yeah uh, um, this carnal sort of yeah. Okay. And and it's 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 for Nietzsche it's it's ontological, which means it's kind of in everything. It's not just in our consciousness. You see it in the animal kingdom. Even in a weird way, rocks have it. Like reality itself has this uh, antagonistic will to power. Yeah, it's like all of the destruction and all of the um, death by evolution has still resulted in this spark of life yeah, that continues to happen and move forward. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Cool. So it's it's a really beautiful way of looking at things. I think it has a it has a real appeal and even you know it has uh, an insight. Mm-hmm. But this notion that we're talking about here is is a will to pleasure, and it's not just a will to pleasure. It's a will to a type of pleasure that is within us but that isn't ours mm-hmm. and so this is the this is more of the psychoanalytic insight which is we're weirdly driven by pleasure and often not our own pleasure the pleasure of someone else yeah who, who is now internal to us that's died so like why is Daenerys so wanting King's Landing it's she like it was robbed from her ancestors or something it's yeah and she got a taste of power is sort of I think the general consensus and then other people are thinking oh no but it's even pre that like she has a claim to the throne she has a claim yet because her believes. father was the mad king was a Targaryen who uh, yeah, but I, I don't know further back why that is less than what John. Oh, because John, I guess, is a. I have no idea. Maybe it's because I have no idea. But. Yeah. But, but you see, all of these main characters have this split within them between their own selfish interests, maybe for a relationship, maybe to settle down. And then this other weird desire that it that colonizes them that is this ancestral demand yeah and the thing is they don't feel it as such though they think they're acting in their own self-interest but when you're watching the show it's like oh no this is they are colonized by the pleasure of someone else mm-hmm. by an internal pleasure that's external to it's them. the viewer of the show <laughs> 
Ah. It's the they're imagining that they are part of a grand story that's being uh, shown on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the uh, the that Black Mirror episode. Which one's that? The uh, one they did that's like you choose your own ending. But oh, one yes, of them is you uh, just yeah. choose like it just starts being like you are on are you, like what are you doing right now and it's like you have to choose between like watching a show or like watching a show on netflix and then it's yeah what's netflix did you get to that ending? no i didn't have there's that a ending. whole ending oh. about a meta netflix like like you're watching a show about this on netflix on a t- oh, television wow. as a streaming service in the future because it's set in the it's very cool that's right it's kind of like sophie's world I, it was a big book when i was young but um it's kind of like that weird it's weird like that where the character from what I remember, becomes self-aware of being a character in the book. That's and what happens. Drawn yeah. In and yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, a clever very fun. thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah. yeah, they're being driven by these internal forces that have been embedded in them unconsciously, probably from the time that they were born, yeah. and if not beforehand. Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, even before you're born, you're, you're given a name and there's expectations. So yeah. there's a weird way in which you're born into um, the desire of the other. Yeah. Just before you even have your own sense of self. Is this why if something good happens um, or if something exciting happens, like uh, I have a tendency to not feel as excited about it until I share it with someone else? Is this related to that at all? Um, yeah, probably. That's a good theme actually for us to talk about. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, that does really. It's like I outsource the, I, I'm not going to, Keeping the happiness internal doesn't do anything for me. But if I like call my mom and dad and I'm like, guys, this thing happened, then it's like I can get, I feel happier when yeah. they get excited. Even though they're half the time just going like, that's great. You know, like, but I'm sitting there like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. This, this is the weird thing we don't realize is that we fantasize for others that often our own deepest fantasies are we have we postulate a third that's watching it yeah we're, we're fat so when I, if i fantasize about being rich and famous it might be because i'm trying to fulfill the gaze of my parents mm-hmm. but there's a there's a little funny joke about this that um it's not that funny but uh basically this guy that's is my favorite kind yeah yeah you've got a lot of them mm-hmm. um he's he, yeah he's he uh he's stranded on a desert island and uh, the only other person who survived the boat crash is this beautiful woman so this famous actress like uh Claudia Who I, I'm terrible. I can never think of contemporary. Who's the woman that you fancy? Um, Taylor Swift. Uh, no, no, the one that you would uh, you interviewed. I'm not going to say what you would do because it's it's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What's her name? Uh, safe for work. Yes, yeah, Olivia Munn. <laughs> Olivia Munn. So yeah, he's yeah. the only That's other person. Funny. Yeah, I forgot I did that entire bit, didn't I? Yeah, Holy crap! You've repressed that. <laughs> Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That yeah. won't be happening in Tampa. Wow. Uh, anyway, well, yes. so Olivia Munn and you are the only two people on the island. And after months of trying, eventually Olivia Munn says, "Okay, we're the only two people on the island. You want to sleep with me? Fair enough." So finally, you have this night of passion with Olivia Munn. And the next day, you wake up and you say, "Listen, that was amazing, but there's just one thing I would really love you to do, please." It sounds a bit weird, but please do it. She says, what is it? And you're like, uh, could you paint a mustache on your face mm-hmm. and wear this hat and my clothes and meet me down at the beach in half an hour? Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is a bit weird. But like, no, it's nothing weird. Honestly, just please do it for me. So she does. She paints a mustache. She puts on the guy's clothes. She goes down to the beach. And the first thing you say to her is, 
listen, I couldn't wait to tell you. Guess who I slept with last night? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a, in other words, kind of the the real the real pleasure is from telling the other. There's, that's there's another less of, that's watching. That's less of a joke and more something I could see myself doing. actually doing. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, not that's that right. far removed. Yeah, from, from reality, being like yeah. and doing it in like a, a, a funny like hey, hey they're funny. But uh, yeah. yeah, I would I would do that. It's yeah. a, it's a fascinating structure. We should do a whole show on that and what that means. Well, yeah. that's like the the. The, the story you've told before of um, you know Seamus who's uh, who is it he, he hits the hole in one and oh yeah yeah the story of the hole in one is that an orthodox heretic can't remember what which one is in um, but it's, yeah yeah he, he basically he f- lies and lies and lies about getting a hole in one and then one day he's out golfing by himself and he gets a hole in one and then the angel turns to god or something and he's like this is the shittest you... re- this is like the like the kind you know? of retelling that my dad would yeah, do exactly. of a joke this is like a drunk history of your uh, of your <laughs> stuff and then god's like yeah but who's he gonna tell yeah there you go there you go that's a perfectly tooled you are that, welcome that's why you're the pro <laughs> uh don't forget to sign up for wake next year everybody i will be there finally adding some uh some value to uh, i'm gonna hold you to that yeah you i know be there yeah well like i i went out with a girl um years ago and she she's a perfect example of this we we all do this all the time but she did law at at, at university but she also hated it and she wanted to also do art and to act and she could have done that, but it was a weird thing where she, no one forced her to do law. She chose that freely, but it was almost like she was uh, incarnating the will and the pleasure of someone else. Yeah. And it turned out that she felt that her uh, parents would have wanted her to do law. Now she didn't, she wasn't aware of it, so she thought it was her own desire, but she was at war with herself because there was another part of her that wanted a different type of mm-hmm. life. And that's kind of showing how weirdly we think we're sometimes acting in our own self-interest but the cunning of someone else's pleasure is at work within us yeah and we end up in conflict with with each other and for her then the symptoms were really interesting a lot of the symptoms were about i was kind of uh, like looking perfect and not being able to go out without looking a certain way and and creating a theatrical kind of almost like actor character hmm. that she played in her everyday life and i think it was it was a symptom of uh, a comp what's called a compromise formation whenever reality hits your desire you know so it anyway, sounds almost like being in your 20s like yeah. that's my entire 20s <laughs> yeah yeah that's playing. a good way to describe it yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean i know getting a degree in zoology felt very much like i think this is what i'm supposed to do but i wasn't good at it hated it every second of it and it's now cool to say that i have it because it makes me sound smart but it's not i was not i was like i should be doing something in writing or something that's not this side of my brain but i remember doing it almost as like compensating for four years of of artsy high school stuff where i was so like i justified it consciously by being like i want to do science because i've proven that i can do art stuff and now i want to do something that's like really difficult and really challenging um and all but really it was my parents just didn't want me to major in theater like they they were very adamant about being like you're gonna do something that you have a fallback plan you can't go no one ever really makes it you know in this that world and yeah. so you have to have some especially if we're financing your college yeah. education no which is, yeah. yeah and so it's like well they're making this sacrifice financially for me to do whatever um so i then must be the you know the good 
kid and get the, the degree in science and then get into veterinary school or dental school or whatever that was. Yeah. And, um, I remember like being very bothered years ago. Um, and we've t- since talked about it and it's all fine, but I remember like side comments that my dad would make every now and then of like, so when are you going to, to dental school? When are you going to go yeah. back to, d-? and it's like, I'm like, Oh, there's still a party that probably does want me to do that, yeah. but I'm not doing that. And I'm, yes. And, so, and when it's your, when you're not aware of that. So at the time you're probably not aware of all, all the stuff that yeah, you're not aware of. Yeah. And the time I was of. like, well, this is a way for me to make a living. I yeah, can still act I on the this, side. Like, again. Yeah. yeah, and that's what that's where it's unknowing is when you haven't been able to bring up to the surface all of the stuff that's entrapped you. Mm-hmm. So you think you're just and it's and that's how it happens is the very small comments that are made when you're even a baby where it's like, oh, you know, she'll be oh, she'll be an amazing uh, X, Y, or Z. You know, she'll do really well. She'll be a little doctor just like her yep, daddy yep. or something like that. Those little moments that they kind of anchor sponges yeah yeah yeah, anchor in and you know that's part of life but there's a certain point in which you you can find that you're colonized with all sorts of desires and and if if you don't notice it it's the worst type of oppression well that's i think terrible yeah everyone has it which i think is why it's so interesting i just think it's a it's i personally am optimistic about people being having the ability to recognize it and then act like at least to some degree act of their own accord and and decide what they want. Um, Speaking of acting of your own accord, uh, this is a a quick side tangent, but yesterday, I think it was, no, it would have been Sunday. I think it was Sunday. We, you and I, you just gotten back. It was your first day back. I was in my bedroom. I was chilling. I was pretty tired. And uh, you were in your bedroom and I was like, well, I'm hungry. Yeah. So I got on the phone oh, yeah. and I got on Postmates and I ordered, I looked to see on the off chance they had added a restaurant that I really like and eat when I'm like wanting comfort food, which is called Boston Market. And it's just butter food and uh, it's food that's just pure greasy, you know, home style, whatever. And, uh, and I love it very much. And I ordered it and then I heard the door open about 40 minutes later and I was texted you, and you. I was like, if you're going down to, and you happen to also be getting Postmates, first off, that's crazy. Second of all, please grab me. You're very kind to do. And you waited for the Postmates guy, and you got it, and you come up, and we both ordered Boston Market. Yeah. You've never ordered Boston Market. Yeah, I never I've never heard of it before. Yeah, I've never gotten Boston Market off of Postmates, and we ordered the same meal from the same restaurant on the same app, and it arrived at the same time, and yeah. we live in the same apartment. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. There's a slight thing that makes it less crazy. I don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save it. Save it for episode two. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What's the thing? Well, the slight difference is because Postmates has created this thing called Party. And what Party does is it, it'll say to me, oh, other people in your area have ordered from these places. Therefore, we'll give you free delivery. And Boston Market came up as a place where somebody else in the area that I lived in had ordered from it, so they gave me free delivery, so I went for it. But you didn't have the same guy. You didn't have the same delivery well, That was interesting. Guy. It was a different delivery guy. It was weird. I think someone else in the area ordered Boston Market previously, yeah. but it would have been, you would have ordered before me. Your food arrived before me. Yeah. So well, it wouldn't have gotten the info for bot. <laughs> this is this is people. Uh, I hope this is the kind of stuff people <laughs> yeah, like. In this. Yeah. Uh, whatever. We're at fifty minutes. We can we can wind down. But um, oh, yeah. anyway, it, it is crazy though. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was crazy. You know the other crazy thing. Well, this is a different episode. But um, Grace was over. She she brought over um, tarot cards. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Tell me. This is a good story. This yeah. is fun. And so 
Um, I've had tar- I've had my tarot read, I think is what it's called before. Um, and in LA, it's uh, a thing that you, I think you have to do at some point legally. Yeah. And, uh, I went and it was just, it did, it meant it did, it was, you know, it was, and this is supposedly like a good person that I went to back in the day. Not my thing, yeah. but, um, yeah, she told you that you were going to be successful or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah, and so I was like, that, mm, yeah. I was like, I know yeah, bullshit I when so. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can call spade a spade. Bye. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this, uh, so this deck was like, we're gonna do it for fun. Um, we had some drinks and I wiped the table down and she like starts shuffling, Grace starts shuffling the deck, and um, I looked at her. and I was like, "Just so you know, I was like, this. There's always a part of me that is freaked out by these things because I grew up learning and believing that this was a uh, devil shit. Mm-hmm. And then a card flips over as she's shuffling it, and she holds it up, and I go, "Is that the death card? I've gotten the death card before." And she goes, "No, it's the devil card." And it flipped out exactly as you said, the term devil shit. And apparently, if a card flips out and while you're shuffling Terra, uh, it's you know supposedly significant. But I'm sure if you you know spilled mac and cheese on it, it's also significant in the world of Terra. But anyway, yeah. it was nuts. It was definitely creepy, and it was another one of those moments that's like, of course, we can chalk it up to coincidence. But you know me, and you know I'm going to enjoy every second of it, oh, and I'm yeah, going to be like, yeah. there it is, knew it, call it. And my conclusion was that if there is something out there. It's effing with me, and it's got a sense of humor about yeah. it. Because I'm not going to... Showing me the devil, What's that? it doesn't scare me. I'm just like, well, that's very interesting. And then I move on. So whatever it is... Yeah. Well, see, I, I, I love that. It's simulation. Because I, I have had certain things that have happened to me that I find impossible to yes. wrap my head around. And But a lot of it, I think, is just kind of almost like the universe screwing with me exactly and i think like if anything it's a it's a good evidence that the world is more bizarre than we can ever (laughs) hope to understand or at least it it can be used as that kind of lesson like i think the worst way we talked about this before but the one of the bad ways of interpreting these things is religiously to try to find a meaning um to try to domesticate the weirdness of well that's it the moment that happened i was like well this is going to be a good yeah this is going to be a good reading and she pulls the cards like past present future she looks all of them up and i'm like yeah nap 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 like maybe like six months maybe a year nap nap." like it was like i was retroactively fitting the things and i was like i'm not gonna see this devil called card pop out right at the exact moment by the way it wasn't like Anyway, nuts. Yeah. But it, that speaking of the gaze of the other and being like, it's its own sort of weirdness when you're like, all right, if there is a gaze of the other, maybe it has a sense of humor and it's just like poking me a little bit <laughs> and that can happen and it's fun. So yeah. anyway. Well, speaking of the devil, this is, I think this, if, um, being a theologian for a second uh, of the yes. kind of radical kind, gaze um, of the, yeah. you, one could say that the demonic structure is the structure of uh, unknowing, unwilling sacrifice. So I'd have to connect it with a kind of reading of uh, kind of theological ideas, but that is... There's some I, dots to connect before. There's a, a few dots to connect, but this is like the, the answer without the working out, is that when we give ourselves over to this pleasure of the other, um, we are in a sense in slavery to where we are giving our libidinal desire over to something else, to the destruction of ourselves, other people, the environment. And, uh, and so technically, not in a devilish in some sort of being of sense, but, but rather the, the, this is a type of uh, enslavement and suffering that is um, uh, of interest theologically mm-hmm. it is the devil it reminds me of the shot in game of thrones to make a full uh oh yeah full nice circle. one uh where it's the starbucks scene 
Yep. <laughs> and uh, Daenerys is looking at everybody partying around her, and the camera just pans, and you see Lord Baelish. Is that his name? I don't. I'm blank. I don't know if that's his name or not, or if that's maybe that's Littlefinger, but um, the the bald guy. Yeah, he's the, a, he's a Belfast man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, he it literally is like the image is like the devil on the shoulder a little oh, bit, yeah. and just the way it pans over, and I was like, oh, that's such just like the way it looks is like there's something that's just going to be in her ear and just going to be and it's like yeah, it's, yeah. That, it's like, a good scene except for yeah. the Starbucks cup yeah because yeah. what, what's that phrase that's good it's like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is to convince the world he doesn't, doesn't exist yeah and that's kind of that's a very interesting psychoanalytic idea which is actually the reason why this is a, a kind of could be called uh, metaphorically a demonic structure is because we don't even know what we're sacrificing mm-hmm. to. We don't think it exists. So whenever the person who is giving themselves over to making hundreds of millions to their own expense, they think, oh, I'm just acting in my own self-interest. But actually they are sacrificing everything um, for something they don't even think exists. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, That's yeah. also my favorite thing that happens when you take those phrases like that that are like, you grow up with, or at least I grew up with, like the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. And it's like, oh, hell yeah. Like that, that's like when you're a Christian and you're like very into that stuff, you're like, that makes total sense. Like that's that would be what he would do. Yeah. And, and then, then and then you give it up. And then you give it up and you go like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That I don't, the devil truly isn't real. Da, da, da. And then you go circle back to like your destructive tendencies and you're like, Oh no! Yes, there's a they truth in right. it that we lost. Yeah, there's just something in the phraseology that yeah. actually is uh, deeply insightful. Oh, it's Absolutely. fun! Absolutely. It's a fun time. Well, listen, yeah. is there anything you would like to plug, oh, or yeah. wrap or up, or take away? Takeaways? Um, yeah, I don't have much to plug. I do have a, a winter retreat in Ireland in October, but it's a, it's a biggie, big commitment. But uh, if you're interested in that, people can go on to my website. Are you just as I'm booking shows in Tampa, so I can go home? Are you booking shows in Belfast so you can? <laughs> yeah, I love to. I, I oh, selfishly do two events a year. Well, that bring beautiful, you back. man. I yeah. mean, you should, and I, I've never talked. I've talked to plenty of people who have gone to Wake or your other retreats, uh, Spark or whatever, and everyone truly has a great time. So uh-huh. you are doing something right. Yeah, I had a guy who told me in the last day, he says, Peter, this is literally the best week I have had in my entire life. It wouldn't surprise like, me, man. Yeah. You know, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. We put a lot of effort into doing this right. This spark, I'll be doing it with Padre Gutuma, who's a good friend of mine. He's a great uh, poet and singer-songwriter. and is cool. on NPR a lot, but... So I'm doing that, but yeah, takeaways Sorry, yes. wise, yeah. What what I, I could start with a takeaway. We always do. Or do you have a takeaway? First? I mean, I love the 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 sort of um, the sacrifice and realizing that the that yeah the identifying that we're just giving up so much constantly is a very we live in an age where it feels like we have everything and everything is good in many ways we do but to realize that there's still tendencies that it's just me destroying myself in exchange for something that I don't truly necessarily want Um, the first thing that pops into my head is if I'm stressed out and I will uh, smoke something or 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 drink something and I self-medicate and it's like great and I do that a lot and it's very fun but at the same time it's nice to be like oh no I, I actually am just sacrificing my health like I yeah. am taking something the only thing I have and really and uh, and and harming it um, yeah. for like this temporary whatever but anyway yeah, yeah. That's- which, which I, I think sometimes that kind of behavior <clears throat> is actually a protest against the sacrifice that we're giving ourselves to all the time Maybe, so for, yeah. yeah for example like people here working all the time giving themselves over to uh, this 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 dream of the retirement 
uh, mm-hmm. house and the beach or whatever. Um, the the act of protest against that is going out on a Friday night, getting totally wasted and doing stuff that's kind of self-destructive is interesting. I think it's your way of knocking uh, off a few days off that yeah, retirement. Yeah, and, yeah. and the way of kind of like, you know, not being productive. I, I think... Um, I hate whenever some people, I've, I've seen clinical psychologists do this, uh, one I'm thinking of in particular, um, uh, oh, shall I just say his name, Jordan Peterson. He, That's said, funny. he, he used um, <laughs> the clinical psychologist. Yeah, he, uh, he talks about how if he's got somebody who works very hard and can't sleep, but they're very productive, they're a CEO of a company and they're incredibly productive. Uh, Peterson will sometimes show how statistically if they sleep more and spend more time with their family, they'll actually be even more productive. So what they're doing is they're folding in. They're commodifying. Commodifying, yeah, yeah, the very area of kind of protest against it, which might be insomnia. You're going like, that's a protest against efficiency. That's selling stuff in the sanctuary. Yeah. Jesus getting like, oh, that's right. I like that that phraseology. That should be a sanctuary for you and a safe space, and it shouldn't be where you go to uh, have the exchange of goods and services, which is... Yeah, that's, that's right. It, uh, yeah, it colonizes the very I just had an insight. That be, yeah, that, that should be outside of the economy. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, so it might take away. Well, join my talk on uh, your yeah. Patreon. Do, 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 you do, just do, do an hour on that in Tampa? <laughs> yeah, like, okay, definitely will. Buckle up. I'd like to pivot, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that would be amazing, man. Yeah. Honestly, I think someday you you should do that as show where you go like, right, I'm just going to chat for forty five minutes on. The uh, the nature of uh, unwilling, unknowing sacrifice. Yeah, it, it's not. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, and then I'll spit water yeah. in my mouth. <laughs> I think that's why you're trying to pivot back to kind of like funny stuff. I think you're worried that you're just becoming this kind of uh, not even a comedian, but just this kind of talker of tyranny and despair. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then a talker of like, see what I did? I made a I made a dark joke, and that's yeah, like that's. Yeah. Like, but to be honest, I I like that. I I would mm-hmm. push you in that direction. Oh, it's not so, going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, my takeaway is similar to yours is that um is is how do we at least because this is we're talking ideology that's the other name for it call it the devil but ideology is what functions despite our despite us without us even knowing we give ourselves to it and we don't even realize it it it, it basically harnesses our pleasure for its own good uh, we somehow sacrifice ourselves to its pleasure and the first act of freedom is to start realizing it to go like what am i sacrificing to unknowingly and unwillingly in my life mm-hmm. um and the problem is jameson webster reminded me of this when she was at wake because she talks about how difficult it is to free ourselves from these structures it can take years and it can take weekly or twice a week or three times a week doing various kind of rituals that help us find freedom so it's a very difficult process but at least the first step is starting to work out what am I immersed in that I'm sacrificing myself to without even realizing it. I love that. Maybe that's a future episode is one on the amount of work it takes to actually yeah, I'd love the to amount talk about of just that. effort and constant repetition yeah. and all that. That'd be a very that, interesting yeah, topic. That ended up being the main theme of Wake actually. Really cool. Is how, do we, how do we give ourselves over to that work over a course of 30 years? Yeah, especially in, I mean, in entering into a second uh, quote unquote season of this particular show. Uh, there, it, It's also would be a good thing to explore because it's one thing to spend time going this is a problem this is manifest this is a result of this but then it's like now like let's figure out i mean obviously the answer is always going to be different for every person therapy it could be whatever but uh yeah yeah, it'd be interesting to talk about just the sheer just 
freaking perseverance yeah all that and courage and yeah exactly i'd love to do an episode that'd be fun cool all right well nice one we're back we're back bye everybody